you know where your freedom is? and electrifying from Studio A, high atop the escarpments of Whitetail Peak, the roof, roof, roof of the American Hindu Kush. This is Dr. Amp, doing the vamp for liberty, climbing the ramp to justice, and lighting the lamp of freedom. Hi, this is David Lynch. And this is David Lynch. Welcoming you to episode six of Literally Anything, the podcast. And you're probably listening to this on your phone. We hate phones. We hate phones. But we like hearing (laughs) devices and movies. Do you have weird dreams? Because I know what weird dreams are like. Let me show you in film. Are you plugging your film class? No, I was just... This is our first bit. I liked it. It was, oh man. Double David Lynch. What's funny, I started off not knowing I had a David Lynch impression, and by the end of that, I found my David Lynch impression. Everybody has a David Lynch impression. It's just real nasally and stressing weird words in your sentences. Yeah, I mean, you're also, like, the yelling is his character. We're just doing Gordon Cole at this point. But he, again, watch, I'm not saying watch the YouTube video because he swears quite a bit in it, but he hates phones, so... Put that on the table. Explaining your jokes is the fastest track to hilarity. <laughs> it is. Uh, this is actually Tim Pushkevich. And Bob Henson. Uh, we are doing the second half of Twin Peaks. We promised a long time ago we'd finish the season and come back with a final opinion on the original Twin Peaks. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about the new show, the movie that came out, uh, Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, and some other random David Lynch projects. Uh, Most I, of which I have not actually watched. Yeah, I'm going to talk about them and you're going to react to see how icky that sounds or how good that sounds to you. I'm going to guess it's going to be icky. It sounds pretty icky to me. <laughs> oh, golly. The weird part is we we have a pretty good gold, Gordon Cole impression right now. Yeah. For I think both of us didn't love season two of Twin Peaks. Uh, yeah, that's correct. It wasn't, it, yeah, well, all right. It wasn't terrible. So let's say that. Um, normally the, the, the podcast gets lightly spoilery. I think we're going to have to get pretty heavily spoilery. Yes. It is a mystery show, so we're going to have to discuss... The mystery. The mystery of the show, who killed Laura Palmer. So if... You're... It was me, David Lynch. <laughs> I mean, technically that's true. Sure. So, we're going to talk about actual spoilers, so if you're worried about that, yeah, you might want to tune out. If you're planning on watching a show from 1991, right now... Maybe don't listen to this podcast until afterwards, but we're, we're going to do our best to make it at least entertaining for even if you don't mind spoiling Twin Peaks Season 2 with yourself. Um, all right. Season 2 of Twin Peaks, I was warned by some of the guests that we were supposed to have today. Boo. Boo, who did not, who canceled on us multiple times. Inside baseball. Inside baseball. <laughs> it's a deep cut. Who canceled on us multiple times told me I would hate season two. And I was like, no, I'm going to go into it with an open attitude. The first podcast we talked about Twin Peaks, I said that I can see why people like Twin Peaks. I don't love it yet. Maybe season two will change my mind. Did it? No. Sure. I will say season two of Twin Peaks gets two of the best episodes of the show and then just abandons all sanity. The 
the big thing about Twin Peaks Season 2 is it actually does solve the original premise of the show, Who Killed Laura Palmer? But in the middle of the season. <laughs> middle of the season. And the, those are the two episodes I'm talking about. The episode before yeah. they reveal the murderer and the episode they do reveal the murderer are two of the most interesting episodes of the show. That's definitely when I was the most invested. I thought I was going to get really into it. I was like, maybe there is some hope for this show because it, it, it's a real drag-out premise. Um, I think why season one works a little bit better than season two is that it is a 10 to 11 episode season. It's a very short season. right? And not to say that season one is ever tight, but it's never as loosey-goosey as season two gets. Season two is meandering and just the slowest pace you can possibly imagine i mean literally the second half of the episode of the season is just stories about the town folk yeah and we complain that simpsons kind of does the same thing from time to time if it doesn't have a story to tell it will pick a minor character who doesn't really have a lot of investment with the major plots going on and focus on them but i don't hate that style necessarily yeah i don't hate that style it just a, seems like it becomes a different show in the second half of the second season. And on top of that, Simpsons will do that once in a while. It's not the main premise of the show. So, for example, if we have a Bumblebee Man episode, <laughs> uh, it's fine because you know that next week we're going to get Homer, Bart, Lisa, you know, Maggie. I'm not going to Marge. Sure, other characters on The Simpsons. Sure. But Twin Peaks took it a very different way. The second half of season two is... Minor characters getting ridiculously long arcs of the same joke over and over. Yep. Nadine has superpowers. And doesn't remember the fact that she's an old lady. I think she is my least favorite. Nadine was obnoxious. Uh, concept. Yeah. Nadine never really fits. She's a premise that has no punchline. In season one, she is this lady who's obsessed with running drapes and how silent they are and they beat that to death like it is just this long running gag of like she's she's making drapes okay with a 10 episode season that's actually has a lot of plot going on sure you can ignore a two minute moment of nadine walking and talking about her drapes season two she gets a full focus on this character this is a again we're talking about spoilers nadine at one point loses her memory i don't know how she loses her memory i remember I assume she got hit on the head by a coconut. <laughs> Gilligan's Island style. Or the Flintstones. Or the Flintstones. Um, she loses her memory. She, for some reason, with this memory loss, she thinks she's in high school again. She thinks that she's still dating Ed in high school. Uh, and she's got weird super strength. That works for one or, at best, two episodes. She has weird super strength that they explain by saying, like, oh, your adrenaline gland is over-functioning in, like, a throwaway sentence. But even that, who cares? Right. Like, Which I don't think that's how it would work anyway. I think you would just I, die. I, let's not establish that Twin Peaks is at all based in reality. Sure. Twin Peaks is joyfully ignoring science for a lot of it. Um, but Nadine goes on this just long run. Every episode, she shows up, Hi, I still think I'm in high school. I do high school things as an old lady. <laughs> and then I throw someone. It never gets interesting. Nope. Which is funny because Nadine is central to one of the soap opera-y plots on the show, which is Ed and... Oh, what's Ed's... Diner owner lady. Diner. This is why we have to record immediately after watching because 
these characters fade from memory real quick. Uh, diner owner lady. Like a dream. Ooh. Oh, golly, David. I like, like dreams. Like a dream, man. There's, oh, I'm, we're both disappointed in ourselves. Double David Lynch is a good character. <laughs> a lot you can do with it. There's not, there's nothing, you, it's just like Nadine. There's not much you can do with it. So it gets, you have this emotional connection, that the, one of the few emotional connections of the show. Yes, it's very soap opera It's not, it's melodramatic. But it's at least something you can invest in. And then Nadine shows up and just, hey, are you invested in these characters? I'm going to throw a guy through a wall. Who, who cares? Yep. Uh, what do you think about the uh, Civil War plot? I don't remember at what point that started. It wasn't the full season, but it's like 10 or 13, 10 it's, to 13 episodes. It's of, after he is accused of being the one that kills Laura Palmer, right? Yeah, and he thinks he's a Civil War general. Is that what breaks his mind? Yes, I guess. Okay. Um, so I don't know if this is the right time to talk about Civil War memorialization. <laughs> you talk about not dating this episode, sure. by the way. <laughs> I mean, that's been an issue for a long time, but... A week? Uh... I would argue longer. The Civil War has been around for more than a week. I, I'll give you that. Okay. Um, yeah. So I don't remember at what point it started, but all of a sudden Aubrey's dad is obsessed with the Civil War, winning the Battle of Gettysburg and changing because it's a it's a psychological breakthrough that he needs to have, and he needs to have it by pretending to be a Confederate general and winning the Civil War. And, and it's got the goofy TV show psychiatry of like no one tell him the truth. Right. Or else it will break his conscious or his psyche. Or, right. Yeah. You have to pretend to be Jeb Stewart, and yeah, and we're gonna, we're going to completely indulge him in this fantasy, which again is which, fun for Twin Peaks. I, I get the sure. idea. Twin Peaks likes weird. I like weird too. I'm watching Fargo. I keep on talking about Fargo is a very weird show, but it's the same weirdness that has no payoff. I mean, he, did you? Think he won the war. He did, and then. <laughs> Goes back to just being a normal dude. Yeah, but I was never clear at what point that started. So I'm I think, sure there's an answer. I think Twin Peaks fans really like the Nadine and Civil War stuff. I don't. I think that's what draws them to the show. And we talked about this on the first podcast. Is maybe the show's never meant to be binged because both of us had to binge the show to do the podcast. Like we didn't watch it week to week. Right. Where large moments had to be summed up again like there's there's never a previously on twin peaks that reminds you that nadine's got super strength there's never a previous on twin peaks that you know is it bob not bob bob's a bob's a evil yeah demon. uh it's he's like a three-letter name again we should really record these immediately after watching them mm-hmm. um that he's a civil war general now that would solve a lot of those problems of just having like a previously on twin peaks right go on from that so i i guess it's kind of weak um I think it also suffers from being the first TV show of its kind. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like if you, and I've said this before, but if you put that show on today, I think people would recognize it a lot more. Um, Serialized storytelling, Mm -hmm. dreamscape. um, The idea that you can go go, go abstract with some of your filmmaking stuff. Right. I think today people would be like, oh, it's a show. Like, you see that all the time. Yeah. You've seen uh, it since Noah like, Hawley, like what I mentioned on Fargo, does that, and Legion. And Legion is real trippy in that kind of yeah. stuff. So like, that's great. It does a lot of things that we would say are normal today, but were 
I don't even know if I would say like cutting edge in 1991 or just like things that people don't do. Yeah. Like um, you don't make a TV show like that in 1991. Mm-hmm. But it's also flawed because of that. Like you wouldn't pace it the same way. If you were making it today, I think you would make a 13 episode arc of Laura Palmer. Well, let's talk about that because he's doing Twin Peaks The Return right now. Right. Which I have not watched. Okay. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. I don't what, mind spoiling. What do you expect to hear about Twin Peaks The Return? Well, like if you said, I'm going to tune in for Twin Peaks The Return, what would you say? What kind of format would it be? What would you think the basic plot of the show would be? What would you think? I would do a 13 episode arc. Great. On, what's it? It's on Showtime? Showtime. Um, I would do another mystery or I would explore. The White and Black Lodge. Great. So you're going to say that... I would That's. I would wrap up the White and Black Lodge stuff. Because it does end on a, on a cliffhanger. Right. Um, so you'd say Dale Cooper dealing with the White and Black Lodge, escaping and solving a mystery with the knowledge that he has about the White or Black Lodge. Yes. That would be your... That's, I think, what most Twin Peaks fans were kind of expecting. Like, Sure. That's not the show. You said 13 episodes. It's 18, I think. That's too many. That's too many. And they're... Longer episodes. They're full hours as opposed to 42 minutes. Okay. Um, so that's 18 hours of programming. Where the White and Black Lodge are dealt with in this in about three episodes of just nonstop weirdness. Like not a let's get Dale Cooper out of the, the, the Black Lodge. Let's deal with what Bob's doing kind of thing. It's not that. Hmm. It's three episodes of just... Weird stuff happening in the in the Black Lodge. So I should say also that I liked the last episode of season two, where he's like leaves the cliffhanger and he's he like, leaves the cliffhanger. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Black Lynch Lodge is probably back. the most effective David Lynch weirdness moment, like because it's super, it's mysterious. It actually I, has yeah. a mystery behind it. I thought that was, that was very interesting. That is very interesting. There is the same thing that happened with the Borg on Star Trek Voyager. You overexpose mm-hmm. your your rarely used element, right? And it gets to be oh, there's the, you look behind the curtain and there's no content there. It's just oh, it's just weird for being weird's sake. Literally, look behind the curtain. There it is, all one giant curtain. Uh, the, so three episodes of just Black Lodge nonsense, and then you have, and this is big spoilers because I'm talking about the show now. Kyle McLaughlin playing two separate characters. Neither one is Dale Cooper. Weird. So you have David, not David, uh, Kyle McLaughlin playing Bob Doppelganger. Bobbleganger. Bobbleganger. And then you have Kyle McLaughlin playing the, playing the physical escaped body of Dale Cooper with no memory. And he thinks his name is Dougie Jones who sells insurance in Las Vegas. Everyone treats Dougie Jones like uh, Weekend of Bernie's Part (laughs) 2. He's physically walking around, but doesn't actually have a personality. He just repeats the last thing that someone says to him. I have gotten through 12 of these 18 episodes, and... Dougie Jones hasn't changed at all. So he's basically Nadine. I mean, are people humoring him? Yeah, no, no, everyone thinks, everyone's like, boy, Dougie, you're acting real weird. And they point him in the direction he's supposed to, like, he's like Frankenstein walking to places. 
and they point him in the right direction. Dougie, why are you going there? And then they like, he repeats, why I'm going there. You know what? You have a good point, Dougie. And just that for uh, now has got to been, I've had to see nine episodes of this storyline. Well, that does sound terrible. It's really bad. Like, and here's the deal. I was super excited for Twin Peaks The Return. I said, you know what? They left it on a giant cliffhanger. He had 25 years to think about what, what's going to happen next. He, David Lynch has a budget and he seemed really passionate about it. That's never a good sign. Yeah, I don't know why I lied to myself. It's, for a show called Twin Peaks, maybe... They're never on a mountain. 15% of it's called Twin Peaks. It actually takes, takes place in Twin Peaks. Most of it oh, takes weird. place in Las Vegas, on the road somewhere, um, at, like, Quantico. Very, very little of it is actually in Twin Peaks. Is David Duchovny in David Duchovny's in it for, like, five seconds and the most joyful five seconds of the show I've had. Right. See, I would bring him back. And also, I would just make him... I think he's the director of the FBI... Director of the FBI now. Yes. See, I would just make it Mulder and then... Just like Denise is going back and forth with being Mulder and not Mulder? Yeah. The thing about Twin Peaks The Return... Make it a crossover. The thing about Twin Peaks The Return, it's way more sci-fi. Like, Twin Peaks, the original show, was a mystery show with lots of sci-fi elements. Like, it was, at, at its heart, a murder show... Where we knew something was going on in the background with like either aliens or some kind of metaphysical nonsense. Or both. Or both. And Twin Peaks The Return is almost exclusively metaphysical nonsense. I thought it was sci-fi. That's what I'm talking about. Like, okay. like something science fiction out there is happening uh, okay. where like okay. that Bob is Bob is publicly like doing evil things in Dale Cooper's body. Mm-hmm. So like You've been waiting 25 years to see what Dale Cooper does. Dale Cooper hasn't been really in the show. Because Dale Cooper ha- acts a little bit differently in the Black Lodge than he does normally. Like, he doesn't give people thumbs up in the Black Lodge. He doesn't drink coffee. <laughs> they intentionally get Dougie to say Dale Cooperisms by having him repeat what someone else said. Like, I'm not going to say the word, but darn good coffee. Like, he <laughs> says that phrase after he repeats someone else say darn good coffee. I can bleep it if you want to say it. I'm not going to. I'm good. Um, so it's it's just these disappointing moments. It's very much like David Lynch doing Eraserhead or Inland Empire, which are his two weirdest. Okay. One of one of I talked to someone online who I used to work with at uh, the video store I worked at a long time ago, who's a huge David Lynch fan, and he said that. The season, the current season, the 18 episodes that they chose to make 18 episodes of. That's was a weird ri- number. It is. Was written as a movie that they spread out over 18 episodes. That's a bad sign. That's a real, and That's you like can tell with play. pacing. There's entire episodes where nothing has, has changed from the previous episode. It's just more of Dougie walking around his insurance office. There, I, I read a whole bunch of articles like, why is he doing this odd, odd pacing? Because there's, there's an entire scene where a guy sweeps up a floor. After a party. This, the, the scene starts off after he sweeps up the floor. A phone call happens where he has to pick it up. But they wait for the entire floor to be swept, swept up. That sounds like a family guy joke. Only without the joke part. And right. a lot of people say, well, the, the, the article said, David Lynch has returned to what we talked about, this landscape where weirdness is normal. 
Like, weird shows happen all the time. Right. So he needs to redefine... Like, he's taking back his own thing. Like, he's, he's doing this on purpose. The people drink, uh, smoke whole cigarettes. It just shows a person just standing outside smoking a cigarette. And it shows the whole cigarette going down. And that's the, like, 20 minutes of an episode. That sounds so expensive. Right? It's Laura Dern smoking a cigarette. That sounds really expensive. Yeah. And David Lynch is in the background saying, can I have a, can I try one of those? And it just goes in. Can I try one of those? Yeah, the, the, also his hearing thing is still there, but he doesn't do it as much. Aw. So, let's, before we run out of time, I want to talk about the actual murder of Laura Palmer. Okay. What do you think of the actual revelation? I bought the original story that Aubrey's dad had killed her. So you want it with the sci-fi or without the sci-fi? Without the sci-fi. So you thought that Leland Palmer killed Laura Palmer for what reason? No, no, no. I thought Aubrey's dead. Oh, okay. So you said... Because that's the the first of the two episodes. It's the red herring. Yeah, they arrest him and then you're instantly told that it's not him. I was in on the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your theory was that Aubrey's dad, Ben Horn. Nice. Ben Horn killed Laura Palmer. Yes. And did you like that answer better or worse than the actual answer? Um, I think I prefer the demon answer because it is the show. It's much more interesting. It is much more interesting. I actually kind of liked it. It doesn't help you. And I think I talked about this in the last one is it doesn't help you trying to figure out as a viewer who did it because there is a lot of information that you can't possibly glean. Right. I and I don't I am not a theorizer on shows like that Mm -hmm. in general. Um, So that part doesn't necessarily bother me. Like, the fact that you can't figure it out from the beginning okay. doesn't necessarily bother me. They, they give you a good explanation of, like, all the clues they, they hinted at to make it Leland. Like, like after Leland is pointed out as the killer, at one point, one of the characters says, oh, yeah, we saw this happen, we saw this happen. And those things all line up. I was like, that's pretty cool. Right. But there's no way you could also interpret it from what you saw. It's not like saying it's actual evidence. It's more along the lines of, along the lines of David Lynch puts foreshadowing moments and the characters are... So self-aware that they can say, oh, yeah, that foreshadowed that, that moment. <laughs> like, the, like he's dancing all the time, and Leland's dancing all the time. That character wasn't a killer, so I don't know. Right. I feel like they do a good job of establishing a good timeline of events mm-hmm. that if a person were so inclined, you could put together. Well, that's what Fire Walk With Me is. Okay. Fire Walk With Me is a prequel to right. the show showing how Leland Palmer ended up murdering Laura Palmer. Okay. It is, even though it's a prequel, you have to watch the show first. You would not get right. what's going on because the, the characters, they don't redefine who the characters are. They recast some of the characters, but they say, pretty much say their names all the time to let you know this person has been recast as this role. Um, there are, everything I don't like about David Lynch is when he gets full freedom, he just becomes this big perv. He just <laughs> does all this gross stuff and he doesn't do anything subtly. Like he does everything weird and is to the wall as he can it's it's gross the movie is super gross the new tv show show hint gets into super gross areas all this what little subtlety you get with one-eyed jacks is full-on just out there mm-hmm. it's i don't recommend anyone watch the movie it's disgusting also there's some things that don't make a ton of sense bobby briggs is you know bobby who works for ben horn at the end yes. he's, he's the tough who never goes to school for some reason who has a giant suit there's a giant suit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bobby Briggs is this kind of slacker character in the original show 
who, when he's given a chance to kill Leo, freaks out. He's like, I can't fire this gun. I can't kill Leo. I can't kill someone. The movie, which takes, which is filmed immediately after season two, has him murdering a cop. <laughs> which does not match his character of the original show. Bobby Briggs, in the current show... Wait, 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 wait. wait. So in the movie, he kills a cop. He kills a cop. There's a drug deal that goes bad. So the whole time that Twin Peaks is happening, this guy has murdered a police police officer. officer, And it's never been affecting him. (laughs) It's never addressed. No, Laura Palmer's the big person we're looking for, not the cop who was killed in a drug deal gone bad. Right. Um, By the way, the movie goes out of their way to establish that Laura Palmer did drugs. Every other scene, they try to do the shocking, look at her doing drugs. It gets really not shocking after the first time you see it. So what year does the movie come out? 92. So it's like immediately after the show is over. Exactly right. Okay. Um, so Poppy Briggs kills someone after the show. The show is like he couldn't kill anyone. And then on the current show, Bobby Briggs is a cop. <laughs> he works for the Twin Peaks Sheriff's Department. He's one of the more noble characters on the show now. Weird. I feel like Bobby Briggs's plot wasn't really well defined. I mean, that's kind of the, the reason that I don't like prequels in general, because it's hard to do a character arc. When we know how it's going to end up? When we... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can't undo the timeline of stuff. Like... Right. Best case scenario, you're going to wind up with a character that you already knew in the original material. hmm If you stay so safe that no one cares about it, no one cares about it. If you do interesting things with them, it makes the original thing dumb. Right. So don't make prequels. Don't make prequels. I'm looking at you, Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so... I watched Wild at Heart as well. There's, I will say Wild at Heart is finally a David Lynch movie I like. Yay. It's Other not, than Dune? I don't love Dune. I own Dune, but I don't love Dune. No one uh, And I don't even love Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart, also very pervy movie. Um, but it feels much more Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez in its like delivery, which is fun. I like weird when you establish your own weird rules. In the first 15 minutes, if you can tell me like how far this can go and you live in that world, I can live with that. I can say, all right, you establish how weird the story can get. Like, there's a certain bizarreness to it, and the, the, it won't go beyond that. Twin Peaks always redefines its own rules. It says, how weird can it go? How bizarre can it go? Which can be okay if it's handled. I just think it's always to solve problems or to show how weird. Like, it's it's weird for weirdness sake, as opposed to narrative sake or tonal sake. It's more like, let's just do something weird because we have nothing to do this episode. It's very bizarre. Um, oh, new show, by the way. Oh, so Wild at Heart is a, is a fun movie that's very, very dirty. Again, Laura Dern is in all of these movies. I don't know what Laura Dern and David Lynch have in terms of relationship, but they are, she's always doing his movies. She's awesome. She's cool. She's, she's Ellie Sadler in my head still. I feel like she hates being pigeonholed as that because Probably. she's done one movie when the rest of hers, because Ellie Sadler is a real, like, low-key character she's also in that movie for like 20 minutes is she really oh i don't know but she, i mean she's not in it a lot really i feel like well she's gotta be in it more than that all right anyway so i know she does way more interesting things but like anyway uh, laura dern is in all these movies and they're fine they're they're okay i won't say i love wild at heart but it is it was much more fun nicholas cage at his best hmm Nicholas Cage, when he's really having fun and is allowed to have fun, that's good. Is good pretty entertaining. Um, not when he's doing movies to make up for the fact that he's paid for too many houses. The and bees. The bee. Yeah, those kind of movies are. Oof. Season of the Witch, that kind of stuff. Ugh. 
But no, this is this is him at his prime, and I actually really enjoyed him in this. Um, but yeah, I, I watched a lot of David Lynch, and I don't think my opinion has changed on him. I think that he thinks he's much more artistic than he is, but he's also much more pervy than people give him credit for. Like it's just like, oh, he just shows something gross. I think he's just very immature, and I don't like that. It's I would give him credit, at least in terms of Twin Peaks, for a lot of what TV has become. Sure, but and again, we. I still think Twin Peaks is a commentary on the soap opera that has become the soap opera. Uh, the Return has completely abandoned the soap opera element of it. It is extremely hard to follow. It is weird and just weird for weirdness sake. Does it pick up the actual soap opera that's in the show? No. Uh, Invitation to Love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. Every time they did an Invitation to Love, it was just nice little... Here's what's punctua- happening in the real plot. Yeah, and that's the punctuation on the show. Like, reminder... Every weird moment that you love is just a soap opera moment. I'm like, that's great. I don't mind being criticized for liking this. Right. But that still doesn't mean that, like, at least it is a narrative story that can follow. Uh, Wyndham Earl, we didn't talk about at all. Oh, uh, okay. Wyndham Earl is this... Wait, 30 seconds. Oh, is class going to start? No, but we're running out of time. We cut the last one really short. Uh, let's, let's do Wyndham Earl for a second. Wyndham Earl is an attempt to... Re- Re, I guess get viewers back. I think everyone was done after Laura Palmer. He is what you would use him today as your second season villain. Yeah. You would have a plug at the end of the first season for him. And, and then the person who was be really behind all of this was Wyndham Merle. Bad guy in season two. Again, I think... They moriarty the living daylights out of that character. They did. By making him super... Like the, the, the anti-Cooper, I guess. The yeah. anti-Coop. Which I, I like... Conceptually. I don't think they time, had time to really develop that. They just threw Anti-Coop into this kind of kettle and then saw like what, what happened. And I don't know if it works. It's another one of those things where I can't pinpoint at what point he really comes into the story. Mm-hmm. Everybody just sort of drifts in and out. Yeah, because there's like three episodes where no story happens. And then Wyndham Earl is all of a sudden the new big bad guy in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Which, which grounds Coop there. Wyndham Earl is, I think... I love the idea of the Wyndham Earl character, of doing the anti-hero version of it. Um, I'm not talking anti-hero, but like the, the literally opposite of the hero character. An antithesis. The antithesis. That's a great one. The antithesis of the It's a literary term. You're yeah. I, I should have come up with that sooner. <laughs> I like those characters, but I also like them really well developed. And I feel like Wyndham Earl is a life raft for a show that's dying. It does seem, the way that you said that before, it seems like he is an anchor to keep what is supposed to be a roving FBI agent in the town. Yeah. Um, And on top of that, the show needs a mystery, which I think the new show doesn't really have. Which is fine. You just shouldn't, I don't know. I just can't get over the timing of things. Like solving the Laura Palmer mystery in the middle of season two. Again, if you made it today, like you would know how to pace a season of TV. I think it's cool that he is doing... I think it's cool what he's doing. Well, season two is also a whole 22, I think, isn't it? Yes. So that's even weirder because the killing made a huge mistake by not revealing the killer at the end of season one. They revealed the killer at the end of season two. And season two drags because it's definitely stretching out a one-season story into a two-season story. So I get why they did it, but I think they should have had the plot ready to go, not just like, let's meander till we get what we need to, get to do. 
Right. They should have been like, let's early solve the Laura Palmer mystery, like beginning of season one, and have a season two built into that. Yep. I mean, again, if you were doing it today, you would do 13 episode seasons. Yeah. I They did 13 episodes. Well, it was, was mid-season replacement, but I think 13 seasons works way better for Twin Peaks, and I don't know why he's not doing it for the return. I wonder, this would require more research on our part, I wonder how many 13 episode seasons existed in 1991. Is that even a With concept? the exception of the mid-season replacement? Right. Okay, because that, that is a, it was common. Like, Buffy was a mid-season today replacement. today standard. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really popular. I think The Shield is, like, one of the first real embrace the 13 episodes no matter what. Like, Right. See, I would I don't know about The Shield. I would trace it to The Sopranos, which I think did 12 episodes. I think it was about the same time, though. Yeah, But yeah, that's yeah. also HBO. HBO always followed their own format. That's true. And Sopranos was also one of HBO's first um, Big. original programming. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they did, like, Dream On and all that stuff, but that's not... Something that they really pride themselves compared to like Oz and The Sopranos. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think that's that's more of an HBO thing. I want to know what in terms of network television doing. Network right. television didn't even touch thirteen that often. They do mini seasons like Agent Carter, but that's like. Yeah. See, I'm thinking of mini series and and mid season replacements, which is what this was. So, I you know. I, we wish we had someone who was very pro Twin Peaks on the show. If you're pro Twin Peaks, please let us know why you like the show. We it, it stinks having to listen to two guys grumble about something all the time. Uh, I'm sure if you're a big fan, fan of Twin Peaks, I thought it was a fun time, but season two was rough. And oh no, I meant us grumbling for. Oh yeah, it's yeah. I at listening to something that you love being destroyed by two guys who clearly never liked it. Yeah, get your own podcast. <laughs> wow, you are way more aggressive to our listeners than I am. That's what I say. I am apologizing for being so mean to it. If you like it, let us know why. Uh, if you don't like it, let us know why. Uh, again, we're on vmafilm.weebly.com. We're on iTunes, Google Play, and temporarily SoundCloud, as long as that lasts. SoundCloud for now, which is existing hour to hour, it seems. So we might be moving hosting, but now is not the time to talk about that. Uh, but give us a review on iTunes. Hit us up with all those stars and. That will help us get new listeners. And get, get downloads. Uh, spread it around. We really like listeners. Uh, you don't have to be a Villa f- uh, student to listen to this show. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. All right. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.